but we're going to make sure that we understand the season that you and I find ourselves in. And the last few weeks I've been thinking about this because we've really, we know we planted Oasis in Charlotte 23 years ago. We've been nowhere else. This has been the only place that we've known for the last 23 years, the area we've known. We've, I haven't traveled more than a 1.1 kilometer to work for the last 23 years. Kathy and were laughing the other day. See, I'm going to have to get some petrol to go out there now. But it's only five k's further, so it's good. But um, it's been quite awakening for me knowing that we're in the process that you've got to move out of what we know and have been comfortable with to something that is so unknown and something that is so new um, for us as a church and as a people. And I think often we can become very comfortable in the places we find ourselves, not just in just life, but we find ourselves in the relationship with God, where we find ourselves in our marriages, where we find ourselves in our workplace or in our jobs or whatever. I just know that God is about to do something quite unique and different. And just the few weeks um, that we've been away and, and being able to chat and tell myself and just spending some time relaxing or trying to relax, um, I, I just knew that God said to me clearly in that season that we're about to enter into something that is brand new. And uh, I believe God says that we're coming into a season um, of more than enough. But not just the more than enough in finances, but more than enough in our church life, more than enough in our workplace, more than enough in who we are as people. And, and we've got to get that sometimes, that sometimes we, we don't understand the calling and the anointing and, and, and the purpose that God has upon my life and your life. And we can sit in these chairs and we can be comfortable Sunday after Sunday, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. But we never truly step into the fullness that God has for us because somewhere along the line, it's safer to stand on the edge. It's safer sometimes just to stand on the side of the pool and not have to jump in. You know, it's safer sometimes just to hope that someone else is going to jump in and save the person in the pool and not you. And I think we come into a season right now where God really wants us to get our feet wet. A season where God needs you and I to step up and, and be counted. You know, in a season where I believe that God is going to add incredible amount of numbers of people to us. And I need to say this with all respect. That, you know, whenever we, we, God does something new and uh, God starts to bring in new people and, and fresh people and new sons and new daughters that come and serve in the house. It's so simple, it's so interesting sometimes that the folk that have been there for years will label them as the flavor of the month. And I want to say this to you, that if you're not involved in the church right now, you need to get involved. And if you're not involved in the church right now, and a whole pile of new people pull in and get involved, then you don't sit and cry and sulk. Because I'm going to send you to the island of self-pity then. <laughs> Alright? Because I'm warning you that God's about to do something great. God's about to do something significant in our lives. And, and as I've been journeying this and, and working through this, I, I've been reading very much of the whole thing of of, of Moses and Joshua, uh, their journey took so long that God brought them out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, you know, Moses had to lead them. Joshua and Caleb were, were two sons that were raised up. Joshua was eventually called to lead the people into the promised land. Moses stayed behind. And I was going through this whole process of, of what it is that God is saying to us in the season that we're in right now. Because whether you like it or not, I'm terrified of the new season. I've got no idea what to expect. I've never had a church out there. I've never moved away from the inner city to go to the outskirts of a city. You know, I, I, I've never known, you know, what, it, what, it's gonna, what the people are going to be like. I don't know. I only know you people. I know the Charlotte and Lorraine people and, you know, the Sherwoods and... 
And many people say, well, are we doing the right thing? It's not about are we doing the right thing. God never left us a choice. And we can blame the denominations, and we can blame this one and that one because we've got to come out of this building. Let me tell you something. You don't blame anybody. This is God directly leading and saying, hey, there's a new season for Oasis. It's time for you to be an Oasis in a new part of the city. It's an Oasis. It's become fresh and new and vibrant. You know, and so we're walking away from the old. And as I looked at that, I thought, God, what, you know, it's so difficult because I, I don't want to spend another 40 years in the wilderness. I don't want to spend another 40 years from my calling to, to, to my purpose manifesting. And as I started to look at Moses and, and the journey that he went through, before I even got to him, I, I had to go to Joshua 1. Because this is the commissioning. Now, this is the young man that, that sat there under the table while, while Moses spent time in the presence of God, you know, with the Ark of the Covenant and with the glory of God filled the tent. There Joshua was, soaking, 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 whatever Moses did. And often as possible, we can become frustrated with you guys. We think, well, you know, you need to give your blessed assurance now, get involved. And, you know, you can read your own Bible and you read your own prayers or do your own prayers. We can become frustrated because we just feel like the congregation is not doing anything. Or we're not where we should be. Or after all the preaching, we should be in a better place. Or after the worship, we should be in a better place. But it's not about that. You see that I believe that God has taken time to prepare each and every one of you that you've set here for a reason in the season. And you might not understand that right now. But let me tell you something, that there was nothing that was expected of Joshua until the day came when God said, now it's time. And there's not going to be an expectation of you while you sit in these chairs until God speaks. The secret is this. Will you hear his voice? Will you hear his voice? Because if you don't hear his voice or you, or you don't understand what God is saying in the season right in, you find yourself exactly in the same place five months from now, six months from now. And I know it's difficult, but God speaks to Joshua. And this is after the death of Moses, after the death of the God that led them 40 years. Um, and verse 3, and he, and verse 1, he says, And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over the Jordan, and you and all these people to the land which I have given you, given to them, the, the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness to the Lebanon, as far as the great rivers of the Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, and the great seas toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. And verse 5 says, And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, and I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage, for this people you shall divide as the inheritance in the land, and I have sworn to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the laws of Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn to it on the right or to the left, that you may prosper in wherever you go. Verse 8 says, And this book of the law, the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And for them, and for them, you will make your way, you make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. That is the word that I've been carrying around for the last few weeks. And I don't believe it's just been a word for me. But in the last few weeks, I believe that word individually has been for every single person in this church. 
every one of you, that God is saying it's your season. It's your time. You're more than a pew warmer. You're more than a church attender. You're more than a person that plays the piano in the back room quietly. You're more than the evangelist that evangelizes over Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever you got. You're much more than what you believe in yourself right now. And yes, we've been through some stuff, haven't we? We're facing some terrible stuff. We've had sickness and disease. We've had COVID. We've had financial struggles. We've had interest rates going through the roof. And everything that should have gone for us somehow feels like it's gone against us. And yet, yeah, you still sit. And yet, you're still in the house of God. You know why? Because somewhere inside of you, there's still a faith, whether you believe it or not, that knows that God is more than enough in your life. That He is the great I am. That He is the King of kings. That He is the only one that can redeem you. The only one that can heal you. The only one that can deliver you. The only one that can set you free. The only one that can point your way forward is Him. Because if that was not so, you would not be here today. You would not be sitting in this place. You think this is overwhelming. You should go stand in that church and realize that it's double the size of this church. That means that you guys will fill the first two rows. (laughs) But there were a few things that I had to get into my head. When I read the Moses story, and there's a few things that I believe God needs to get into our heads this morning, um, you know, I'll move that way. The first thing that I've had to realize over the last few weeks is this that God's timing will always be perfect. <laughs> now, you guys say amen like that's a real thing. <laughs> you know how tough it is to wait upon the Lord? How tough it is when your mind believes that you should be doing this and God says not yet? When God says, you believe you need to go and God says not yet? You need to serve and God says not yet? You need to be in the worship team and God says not yet? You know how tough that is? It is really tough, but I've come to realize that God's timing is always perfect. And the problem is this, that we only see how perfect God's timing is when we step into the fullness and when we look back at our lives, say, thank you, God, that you didn't release me when you did. That you didn't heal me when you did. That you didn't do whatever you did when you did. Because we'd be in a completely different place. And you've got to understand this. Get this out of your head. That if you're in a time of frustration, if you're in a season of waiting, or in a season of, of just not enough, or a season where your breakthrough isn't coming, just stand. Just stand. It will come. God's not a liar. That which he has promised you, he will give you. He will bring it about. And so we, myself, were chatting on, on Friday. We were there. And saying how, you know, 13 years ago, we bought this property. 12 years ago, we bought this property. For four years, nothing happened. All of a sudden, God just started to bless us more than we could ever imagine in our finances. And all of a sudden, we had this, this amount of money just to pay out on this building and you know, over a million rand just in renovation. This place, we've got this place, everything fell into place. Everything was great, started building. I've got the structure, I've got the, the, the walls, everything, and all of a sudden COVID hit us, boom. And it was like, <coughs> what? Why? In that process, we lose this building. And then you're really concerned because God, what are you doing? 
But the thing is, when you walk onto the Thieskamp property, you guys will find, and there's William and, and Gary, and they all have said this, when you walk onto that property, there's a piece in that property that you've never experienced before. And Stefan walked around there how many times with me as well. There's something happening there. And you know what it is? God's perfect time. The second thing I had to realize, and I, a few weeks ago I was, you see, my quiet time, and, 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 and the following Sunday I preached. Yeah. And while I was preaching, God just gave me a word, and God said to me, Do you know, there's some people that I might need to remove because they will hinder the revival of what I'm about to do. And as a pastor, that's a tough thing. As a pastor, I did realize something that not everyone's going to go with us. Not everyone's going to buy into the vision. Not everyone's going to dream what we dream or what we think of with Eastcombe. Not everyone is at the stage where they want to be involved in the things of Eastcombe or convinced. And I will say this to you that if that dream isn't burning in your heart, then don't come with us. Because that thing needs to burn like a passion inside of you. It's not about, are we leaving here? How are we getting here? It doesn't matter how you're getting there. We will get you there. I don't know why in PE we've got this mindset that 6Ks is like traveling to Johannesburg. You know? <laughs> we can go to Checkers in Krakakama, but 500 meters on is the church, and that's just too far. You know? Um, but I, I had to realize that, that one thing, God is always in control. Two, I had to realize not everyone is going with us. Three, I had to realize that, that God kept the Israelites in the desert. You know why? Because he needed to get Egypt out of there. Every time there was hardship, they would want to go back to Egypt. Every time there was a significant moment, they wanted to go back. Even in your own life right now. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Somewhere along the line, we always want to go back to something we know. Even if it's absolutely destructive in our lives, we feel more comfortable with what we know than what we don't know. And we come into society right now that we are terrified of change. We are terrified of change. Ever since COVID, it's like we just want to get into our little homes and switch on the TV and watch Netflix and start the fire outside and just veg. And that's where we are. We go to work and, and we're more excited to get home than do anything else. Because we come to that society where we don't want change. We don't like the new. But let me tell you something, that everything that is birthed is birthed new. Nothing is birthed old. And if you allow God to be God in your life, allow God to birth what needs to be birthed in your life. You see, there's a quick, re, a quick acid test. That if you don't know if you're ready to move into the new things of God, I'm not speaking about these, I'm speaking about work, I'm speaking about your marriage, I'm speaking about all these kinds of things. But there's always that one sign that you're not ready for the new, is when you still desire the old. Well, there's still something in you that wants the old. And as I looked at the story, and as I read the story, I started to understand more and more that God had to get Egypt out of them before he gave them the very promises that he had for them. We knew, realized in the season that 40 years there that it wasn't just like a punishment for them, but God grew leaders in that season. And we missed that. We think that God just left in the desert 40 years. No, no. There were men that were growing up for the next generation. There were men that were growing up, women that were growing up to move things into the newness and in the freshness that God has. 
And we've had to watch that over the last few years as God grew leaders, as God grew strong men. I watched men walking here, you know, that, that they couldn't say two words. They're running their own companies today. And you might say, but what is it? Let me tell you something. Every word that goes forth from the pulpit, the word of God says, if my word goes forth, if my word goes forth, it will not remain void. And I will tell you that every Sunday you sit, you've got to understand something. God is doing something unique within your life. You see, we've got to understand a few things, and it's this, that God's planning for your life will always come to pass. I spent many years running from the things of God. I spent many years believing that, you know, I'm not really a Christian church kind of person, you know. Well, I, I believe in God, you know, kind of stuff. But I still wanted the old things. I still wanted, you know, the parties. I still wanted the things that the world had to offer, you know. I still wanted to, to do certain things in my life. But I had to come to a place, Kurt Sutton had to come to a place where I had to agree and say, you know what, this is what I desire. I desire the newness. I desire the freshness. I desire the new season that God has for me. And you've got to understand something, that everything that you've been through in your life, you've been through for a reason. And not to destroy you, but there to build you. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely, every single one of us. But let me tell you something, you cannot move into the new season still wearing the shoes of the old season. You cannot say, well, Kurt, I'm committed to this church when you're still angry with the last pastor you were at. I'm committed to this church, but I'm still visiting 18 other churches. That's, that's not how it works. That if you're in, you're in. Boots and all. And we need to understand that you cannot stand on the edge of society anymore. God woke you up this morning, church. He got you into this building this morning for a reason. You think it's by accident? Again, 80 of you, 80% of you this morning didn't even think you were going to get to church this morning. When we checked the weather last night, huh? 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 I'm sleeping in, huh? I'm sleeping in. Next minute, wake up in the sun is shining, like, oh, damn, now I've got to go to church. I've got no excuse. I can't talk past the curtain. It's raining. I'm sick. <laughs> God got you here. Listen to me. This is such a prophetic morning that's happening this morning that you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And you need to get busy with the things of God. You need to get involved in the things of God. You need to get into the Word of God. You need to get into prayer life. You need to quit the things that you do not desire in your life and you need to walk away from it. You know what the crazy thing was about when you read the story? There were a few things that God did him as a favor. One, the word of God said there was a cloud that traveled with him by day. He says at night, hey, there was a fall of fire that kept them warm. Every morning, they got their bread given to them. Every night, they had fresh water. And one day they step into the promised land, guess what? There's no cloud. There's no ball of fire. There's no more conducting with the delivery. There's no more being delivered. You're on your own. You're on your own. Not once did you hear that I say, well, I really I want more bread. I want more bread. You see, when you understand the season that you're in, and you understand where God is taking you to, that you will not desire the things that were there. 
And this is the problem with church life we have, is because so many people sitting in church life are spoon-fed. We get our bread from the pastor every single Sunday. Hey, we get a little bit of water from Devolt and his team on a Sunday morning and on a Friday, on Monday night when Kathy's teaching. You know, we got the cloud of fire because the elders are always praying for us and taking care of us. And they're there for us. You only understand the importance of family when family goes missing. If there's one thing that I learned over the last three weeks, and it's this, that family is everything. It does take a village to bring up a child. You know, I, we were away with my, my kids, my grandkids, five, two, and one. And I've watched Ella swimming in the farm there. And she was okay. Eli, they spent 20,000 rand trying to give him swimming lessons. You know? And he just wanted to buy him with the swimming stuff. Lyric wouldn't go near the pool. But in three days, Uncle is there, Uncle Josh is there, and Auntie Jess is there, and Coco is there, and Mimi is there, and Uncle Don is there, and Chloe is there. And you know what? In three days, Ella is swimming completely without even water wings. Ella is into the pool, she does me everything, she's fine. Lurie is a year old, he's throwing himself into the swimming pool. <laughs> they're on scooters that they couldn't ride before, they're on bicycles they couldn't ride before. Why? Because family is everything. It takes a village to bring up a child. Let me tell you something. You think, it's, you think I'm just imagining stuff. There's such an importance when we understand what family is. Family is here for each other. Family is here to help Jason swim when he can't swim. Or for Jenny to run when she can't run. Or for Billy to walk when she can't walk when she can't run. That's what church is about. But somehow we've lost that. Somewhere we've moved away from the table. And we're individually again sitting on our couches. And as long as I'm okay, the, the world is okay. But let me tell you something. There are more perilous times coming where you and I will need each other more than we ever needed each other. Look at the way the world's going. Look at what the world is praising at the moment. Let me tell you something. If you honestly just spoke for a minute, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that the world is destroying right now. It's family. Yeah. Starting with a husband and wife. Starting with kids. Starting with education and what they learned at school. Do you think government against government? It's not government against government. The world wants to break down the moral fiber of what the church should be. How many of you feel weird when they start speaking about Christian stuff? How many of you have to put up your hand and go, I'm a Christian? In a crowd of people like, oh, these bunch of heathens, you know. We don't stand up for what we believe in anymore. Because we're not a family. You see, when one hurts in the family, the whole family hurts. But when one person is going through a tough time, everybody's going through a tough time. But you see, the world brings in this thing of pride that if I'm going through a tough time, it's a sign of weakness. When I tell you that we're going through a tough time as a family, oh, it's a weakness. Because your child have got issues in their marriage. <laughs> or their child needs more discipline. We know all this stuff. And yet, when we move into the new season, 
We want to move into the fullness that God has for us, not just the fullness, but to move into a place with the people that love us and take care of us. That people are there for us and, and nurture us through our hard times. We're all going to fail. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to fall by the wayside, somewhere along the line. But we've also got to ask ourselves, is there someone that will come and fetch us? Is there someone that will even miss us? Is there anybody that knows what we're going through? And I'm not being nasty this morning, but we've become a selfish people. We've become a selfish people. As long as me and my family are okay, then the world can go to hell. Literally around us. And that's not what God is calling us to. That's not what church is. That's not what family is. Family is everything. We need to do that. We need to understand that. You know, there's, there's, there's one, in closing, just two things. And the one significant part about the, the Israelites going to the Promised Land was God speaks to Moses and he says to them, I need them to sanctify themselves. And uh, I'm always thinking about the sanctification is this time of holiness, you know, this time of purity. And yet, when I read the word, it says that they had to bathe and cleanse themselves and their clothes. As much as there was a spiritual sanctification that takes place, you know, there's, there's the season where God says, Next three days, sanctify yourself, watch your clothes, watch yourself. Because the dust of the desert that you've carried for 40 years, you cannot take it to the promised land. There's some things in your life God is not going to allow you to take it to the new season. There's some people in your life that God is not going to allow you to take into the new season. There's some things that you do right now that God is not going to allow you to take into the new season. And God's not going to allow control and manipulation. Be careful of the religious spirit. Be careful of being critical. Be careful of condemning. Be careful of, of the things that you did in the season before that you think you can carry into the new season. You cannot jump into the new season. You cannot do it. And sometimes I, for the last few weeks, had to really check myself in what it is that God desires of me. What are the things that God doesn't want me to take into the, to the new season? What are the things that God doesn't want me to take that side? You see, I believe that the last few months, the last years in this church have very much been a time of preparation for most of us. We've had our little squabbles, we've had our little disagreements, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, we've had our highs, we've had our lows. There'll be times we want to walk out and times we want to walk in. But God gave me such a prophetic picture um, this morning as I was just preparing for this thing, for, for the sermon. And uh, God took me back to when we were on, on, on one of Joshua's farm just working on Uniondale. And um, he had this weird thing, I think I've shared it with you before, but they had like, I don't know, it was like 900 odd goats there on the farm. And it was such a crazy thing that to get 900 goats you think would be absolutely chaos. But you know we just go, bop, bop. You'll say that, bop, bop. And you'll just turn around and we'd walk. And as you turn around and walk, you'd see 900 goats just come from all over. 
Hey? And as Josh would walk, those goats were just falling behind him. And they knew exactly where they were going. They knew exactly they were taking to a place of safety. He was taken for a place where the jackals are not going to get them at night, a place where they're going to get fed. And God just said to me, if you allow me to be your shepherd, if you allow me to fall in, if you, if you decide to fall in behind me, know that I will take you to a place of safety. I will take you to a place of protection. I will take you to the land of more than enough. But you've got to fall in behind me. You've got to fall in to what it is. And I believe that God is, is, is in the season, as I just saw that, I just saw old folk coming back, new folk coming in, all falling behind it. And as I, as I thought about, as I thought about that, that scripture, I was reminded of Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17, um, where the word of God says, and it shall come to pass after it, he says, well, let me read the verse before, he says, then you shall know that I am God in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other my people shall never be put to shame. Listen to this. God says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in these days. And I will show wonders on the earth and in the, and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall turn to dogs and the moon to blood before the coming of that great day, that awesome day of the Lord. I really believe we're in that season right now where we're going to see young men and young women rise up. We're going to see people that have been outcast from society, people that have been kicked out of churches, people that haven't been to church for so long. I'm telling you now, this church is not going to get the religious and the holies because we've never been about that. God's going to bring us the broken and the hurting. Those that need love, those that need to understand family, those that need to understand what it's like, we're part of somebody bigger than ourselves. And let me tell you something, young men and old men, I still see visions, my dreams, um, but as young men, we will see visions. The older guys, like Gary and them, they dream. Yeah, you can still do visions, it's alright. But I want you, I want you to pay attention to what God is going to do in your life in the next few weeks. And, and, I, and I, I'm going to say this to you this morning. In the next 21 days, God is going to blow your mind. But God needs you to commit to the next 21 days. You seek His heart, you search Him, to get involved, to become committed, to become committed not just to the church, but committed to Him in your quiet time, in your reading of the Word of God, be committed to each other, in your spouses, in your family, and start to pray like that. You see, in a marriage, two halves don't make a whole. Two holes make a hole. And then when it comes to the things of God, we're excited about what God's about to do in your life and in my life. Let me tell you something, it's time that we start to push it. Because I want to say this to you, that there's a lot of you in the room that have been ankle tapped over the last three months, and you almost quit. You almost quit. You almost gave up. Because you really wasn't there. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. But there are times where he taps in behind you and he says, son, daughter, that which you've learned in, the, in Egypt, that which you've learned in the wilderness, 
I need now for you to allow it to come out of you in the new season. Because no longer I'm going to provide the manna. No longer is it the pillar and the fire. No longer is it the water. What I've placed in you over the last few months is time for that to come out of you right now. And you might think that God has deserted you. He hasn't deserted you. Believe me, everything that you need for the new season is already in you. And it came with the hardship, it came with the trials, it came with the sickness, it came with the disease, it came with the bankruptcy, it came with all kinds of things. But it's there. It's in you. Don't you ever forget that. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Thank <laughs> you.